Welcome to the Uncut Podcast. I'm Pastor Luke. I'm Pastor Gabriel. And this is the Uncut Podcast where we have uncut, honest conversations about faith, life, and ministry. Um, we're sitting down to have this conversation today. And uh, Cameron, you you said you had a question. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to let you take over. Yeah. So it comes from... Well, let's back up a little bit. All I right. do have a question. You do have a question. I do have a question. But I'm going to... We'll preface it by saying we forever have... Not the argument, but the discussion as to who can do audiobooks and who cannot do audiobooks. <laughs> right? I hear a lot of people, and they're always like, oh, I read that book, and I read that book, and I read that book, mm-hmm. and I read that mm-hmm. book, and I read that book. And I'm like, where do you get the time mm-hmm. to sit down and read these books? Right. And what they mean is, I listened to that book yeah. while I was driving or Mm-hmm. vacuuming or mm-hmm. running on the treadmill or whatever. So, and I have always been not a person that can really do audiobooks. I wish I could, mm-hmm. but I, I really, I don't ever have the, the like focused time where I can sit down and actually listen to them. And then there's just something about like, I have, I think I have this um, very deep seated latent fear that if I don't have the actual physical book in front of me that I can underline, I'm going to miss something or forget it or mm. something like that. Were you like the guy in class who wanted to get everything down in your notes? Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kinda. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I also recognize that I don't digest as much material as others do because of that. And so trying to change that. And I was like, okay, well, what are the, when, when do I act, when do, when do I have any time? The one time that I have like time where I don't normally need to think too much mm-hmm. is when I'm at the gym, okay. not jujitsu, right? Sure. Yeah. 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 Have not air- when you're, someone's trying to choke you out, yeah, correct. Yeah. <laughs> you're not can't have things in my ears listening to, <laughs> not listen to the seven habits of highly effective people while right. someone's like got you in a chokehold. No, the art of war. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I go to the gym a couple times a week in the mornings, and um, and so I was like, okay, I'm I have Audible, got lots of credits on it, downloaded a few books, and so I started um, this week one of the books that we were introduced to at um, GLS mm-hmm. leveling up. Yep, that you are also reading. Yep, that um, the director of operations. Jessica, who works mm-hmm. at Conduit, is also reading. Like, okay, that's the, that's the book that I will read. <laughs> but we're going to change that language, all right? Because you're not reading anything. <laughs> it's the book you're listening to. Anyway, so I downloaded it and started listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. It's a good book. It's Leveling Up by Ryan Leak. Yep. Really recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so the question yes. that I want to ask you. He's got some heavy hidden questions in there. <laughs> so I'm like sitting here like I've read a couple chapters of the book and I'm like, which question is he going to ask? <laughs> That's pretty much the first one. Yeah. Pretty much the first question. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and yeah, he does ask some pretty good questions. But um, what is success? Mm-hmm. According to Luke Miller, it's a hard question, and we have to answer it according to Luke Miller. Yeah, or according to Cameron Lightheart. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because everyone's definition, definition. is different, mm-hmm. and it changes over time. Yeah, or it can change over time. I guess I should say. Yeah, you know. He gives a couple examples in the book about how the definition of success that he had when he was a kid was that you had a unlimited minutes on your f- cell phone. Plan. Right. Yeah. If you were rich enough to have that. Yeah, because AT&T lets you talk free after seven, mm-hmm. Verizon free after nine, and then there were some people who had unlimited minutes. Like, yeah. Right. Or you could talk as much as you wanted to. <laughs> 
I remember friends getting grounded for months because they went over their minutes during certain hours or whatever and yep. like racking up hundreds of dollars on their parents' cell phone bill. Yeah. I remember when it was a really like I was like, wow. When there was my is actually my wife's family at the time had call waiting on their landline. Wow. So when you called in, it didn't ring busy. It actually rang, but you got a little beep if you were talking on the phone, but let you know you had another call in. You could click out of one call and come into another. Did you? Did they have like waiting music? Nope. No? Oh. It was just ring. The phone was ringing. Ring, 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 ring. Okay. But if you were on the phone, it would beep in your ear. Beep. So you knew you had another call coming in. Wow. Fans. You never experienced call waiting on a landline? No. I don't think we... I, well, I, you weren't very successful, then, I guess. No. <laughs> also, we probably just weren't that popular. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was super cool. Um, and so he gives some examples of what it, success meant for him as a kid. Um, but the whole point here is like, okay, how are we... It's pretty difficult to determine a direction for anything in life that you want to pursue leveling yeah. up in yeah. without a definition of success. success. Mm-hmm. So if you had to begin to define what it means, what success is, mm-hmm. let's say professionally mm-hmm. as a pastor yep. and personally mm-hmm. as a person, <laughs> what would you? what would it be for you? This is so. This is it's a really interesting question because I've really wrestled with um, like where does ambition mm-hmm. sit in the life of a pastor? Like, that's always been an interesting question for me to try and wrestle with of like, is this something I feel called to? Is this something I just want to do? Is this something that like. Is it okay to want to pursue whatever kind of success is? Like kind of, um, is it okay to have ambition inside of my professional life, which is also my ministry life? You know, Mm -hmm. there's always um, been that. So I've kind of, I've wrestled with that. Um, Because ambition in that can look a lot like pride or self-centeredness or materialism or whatever. Right. And so that's kind of, I'm like, Huh. And that's always been actually a, a question that I've had to like, I've been bouncing back and forth in my, in myself. Anytime I've wrestled with like goals or things like that, that I've wanted to do on a larger scale in my professional life, I've always been like, am I allowed to want to pursue that? That's always been a question of that I've like just personally asked myself. I'm just like, is this is this just pride or is this something that like I actually want to or ought ought to be doing, you know? So that's always, so when I read the book and I was like, listen to the book, listen, no, I was reading it. Actually. I actually oh, have, you the, did read it. I you, did. You do have, a paper I do copy. have that's a paper right. copy of yeah, it. I actually, it. my, my wife is listening yeah. to it. Um, but I, I am actually physically reading it. I've been reading, um, well, I was reading it very diligently, and I kind of stopped here the last couple of days. But, um, and so getting into that chapter and sitting there and trying to think, okay, and he has a really good um, paradigm because he's not he's he really tries to encourage you away from naming like an achievement necessarily your success. But kind of you pursuing after qualities and pursuing after um, you know uh, being a type of person it kind of tries to kind of break down the because that's the whole point of that illustration, right? Is that well, if you were pursuing like a, a cell phone with unlimited minutes and you got it, well, now that seems like a really silly achievement, right? And so, what would be you know? Um, you know, like thinking about this, like, um, you know, this podcast, you know, we're like, oh, well, like, let's pursue so many people listening to this podcast, which like might be a goal that we pursue. But if that's the ultimate goal, if that's the main thing we go after in 
I don't know, 20 years when nobody listens to podcasts anymore and everything's just downloaded into our brain. Like, (laughs) (laughs) all right, I'll chill my existentialism. (laughs) Um, And, um, you know, we're at that place, like, and we're like, oh, yeah, we had this podcast. We had so many listeners and people be like, so like, right. Well, having a successful podcast be a silly thing in the future. Right. Um, and so what would be a better goal for it? Well, perhaps, um, a better goal would be to, uh, have anyone who listens to this podcast benefit from it. That would be a, sure. a better goal or yeah. something like mm-hmm. that. So anyways, I'm just dodging the question you asked me is all I'm actually doing. <laughs> um, all right, so some of the things I kind of put down professionally and have been kind of some of my somewhat professional goals is I've really wanted to explore um, becoming a better writer and preacher. I feel like um, those, particularly preaching, has been a thing that has been kind of a um, a significant like gift that has been affirmed in my life throughout years even as I was like pursuing ministry like while I was in in uh, Bible college I would have professors who would pull me aside and say things like you need to make sure that you get into a position where you get to preach like you need to continue to steward that gift and so um, and they hear lots of people preaching, sure. so they don't just say that to everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming. I don't know. Maybe they're all just in conspiracy. But um, so that and preaching, like, is kind of a a brother. At least in my mind, has a lot of brotherly relationship with writing. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, like, if you're writing good, ser- if you're writing good sermons, you're you are in some sense you're writing. Good writing yeah. Um so there's some differences obviously, but um so yeah, that to so the way I kind of formulated it was to be um a writer or a preacher worth listening to. Like how could I pursue, you know, so that like what I like I'm beneficial to those who listen or to who, those who would potentially read anything I wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, that's been a big overarching goal over the last, like particularly this year I set out at the beginning of the year, I kind of was like, what do I, what, what would it look like if I leaned into sharpening some of my preaching skills a little bit? I, I grabbed a online preaching uh, course, masterclass type thing, which um, I've made partway through and it's been really just good, re- encouraging, and um, kind of helped me focus in on some, like, oh, I had never thought of that particular point before. So so I guess professionally, that's like one thing that seems particularly clear, that seems clear. And then the other piece, I guess, that has always been is just to to execute the office of being a pastor faithfully, Right. Because I, I remember reading uh, before I was as a pastor, like reading the statistics on how many people like either quit, fail, like get disqualified out of the pastorship. And it was a pretty it's high. It's pretty high statistic. Yeah. Um, and so it's not a it's not a profession or a calling that um, a lot of people finish with. Um there's a there's a high dropout rate or finish or finish well or finish well yeah there's that's even a that is even a higher percentage and so want to for me finish well over the, over the long haul to to be faithful i think one of the um one of the things that we were doing like a leadership class last year and you had us do everybody, you encouraged everybody to do an exercise of like, what would you want people to say at your funeral? Which was like a heavy question. Everybody really felt the weight of that question. Um, Which is a, really a Stephen Covey question. Yeah. yeah. So, and I was like, okay, like, 
and for me, the way that that plays out is even more than faithful pastor and more than a like writer or preacher worth listening to would be like he impacted my life in some positive way. Like that would be that would be the thing is to have positive impact on people's life, like a lasting impact. Like, I mean, you don't, you shouldn't be a pastor if you don't want to help people, you know? So, um, so I guess those would be kind of like the professional markers Mm -hmm. of success for me. Um, And maybe I need to kind of level those down to maybe some smaller goals that aren't like, I don't know, like so long-term, but those are kind of the, where that kind of sits for me personally, like I'm in my first year of marriage. And so I'm still acclimating to being married and, and doing life differently. Like, cause up until now, my, my personal goal has been to get married or be successfully like single to be single. Well, um, which there's a whole podcast episode for you. Um, and so now it's been like, okay, what does it look like to be a um, husband that my wife can depend upon to get things taken care of or done when she needs them to be done or to be, you know, anticipating that to, uh, you know, take care, take care of and provide for a family well, Um so all of that is relatively new, not not new in that I've never thought about it, but new in its reality to me a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of like right now, like I would say probably the big one is to, uh, my goal would be to be a uh, husband who can be um, kind of relied upon with like high confidence Mm -hmm. that's kind of where where that kind of sits for me Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah it must be a um i'm sure that it's a the question is big but especially in your personal life Mm -hmm. you know coming to the coming to a or, or like a there's not many transitional moments in personal life that are much bigger than getting married. No, it was a significant hinge point. Yeah. I went to bed by myself one night for the last time. Well, or, or went to bed as a single, single. guy for yeah. the last time, you know, and so that I went home with someone that was radically different. Like surprise. Yes. Yep. And and she hasn't left. So it's <laughs> good. It's very good. And so but that, yeah, that's made a significant impact. And I guess like even as I'm thinking about the question more broadly, because that has been such a massive um, a massive shift, one of the things I've been that's been a challenge personally is to continue to prioritize like uh, my healthy friendships that I've built mm. while I was single. Yeah. To not let those necessarily go to the wayside, which is a very, very natural thing to have happen even when you're dating someone seriously, yeah. right? Um, people will moan, oh, where did he go? Like he got, you know, mm-hmm. there's all those jokes that men will say about other men who went, go and spend time with like their fiance or girlfriend or wife and things mm-hmm. like that. And there's some unhealthiness to that. We don't want to rag people for being faithful to the person they make a covenant with. Correct. Um, at the same time. We're not in covenant to our friends. Right. right. No. Like one one of you has a covenant with the Lord yeah. <laughs> right. with the other person. So um, don't, you know, don't prioritize boys night out over, you know, being faithful to your wife. But at the same time, like a healthy marriage thrives when partners have friends and relationships. And so like trying to keep that in mind that part of the, Part of me, part of the the Luke that Oksana liked, fell in love with, is the Luke who had good friends mm-hmm. who were supporting him and he was interacting with. Like mm-hmm. that was part of who she fell in love with. And if I let that go aside, I'm not just missing fun times. I'm missing support, relational connection, 
places where I'm getting uh, my needs met, I'm caring for other people, and that all is positive things I get to bring into my marriage relationship. So, so thinking through, like, also not just being a faithful husband, but also being a faithful friend right. in that capacity, too, mm-hmm. of making sure that those, they don't eclipse each other, but get to help one another. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to your professional goals and, like, mm-hmm. specifically around, like, being a writer or a preacher that is worth listening to or worth reading. Like, how do you imagine that you would gauge or measure what it means to be worth? I don't know. Because that's a really relative, like I literally came up with that phrase like two weeks ago. So it hasn't sat in my brain very much. So I don't know exactly what that, other than just knowing that I'm sharpening my axe well, like that I'm like, like, cause I, I want to, um, there's a there's a book on my shelf that's like a it's a fantastic book. Um, it's called uh, "Caring for Words in a World of Lies." Mm. Um, it's a book about writing. It's mm. about words, sentences, phrases, and it talks about how we use language um, and what's the ethics over how we use language. Like, am I just using language? Uh, in order to cajole, convince, um, to get something from someone, right? Am I selling you something and I'm trying to just get it from you? Or am I engaging in words and language in a way that's like actually treats you as an other and, uh, and we get to partake in this and have a true conversation? So it's reflections and stuff like that. Um, so like I want to read that, want to look at some books of like um, – I'd love to find like a resource that analyzes how C.S. Lewis wrote sentences. Mm. <laughs> Cause he wrote really good sentences. Like if you want to sure get, if you want to get technical, like on the technical side of writing, like, like Lewis was a master at writing excellent sentences. Like he really was good at that. And so like thinking through like, okay, how do I at the sentence level craft a good sentence, not just a MLA approved sentence that, you know, will make my teacher happy, but like is something that someone can read. So I guess there's a little bit of like, you know, um, doing some judging myself, kind of like pursuing some of the those technical a- aspects to see what can I learn and what can I do to kind of practice and be that. And then the other thing I would say is probably like, speak and write things that are worth that I know are worth listening to, or I myself have found beneficial in my own soul. Right. Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't write something that I myself wouldn't read, wouldn't read or, or, or doesn't th- or don't think is like beneficial, right. like, or, um, or isn't contributing to the conversation in a meaningful way. Yeah. Um, and so like that, you know, do you feel like you have a different writing voice than you have a, let's say, preaching or speaking voice? Like when you write, hmm. what kind of voice do you feel like you? They're probably pretty similar, if for no other reason, because I've mostly just been writing sermons. You know, like, uh, and and even in my sermon writing, when I manuscript, I do sort of just let uh, form and structure kind of go because in, in like preaching, like a really, um, a really strong way to make a point is to kind of like do that bulleted list of thing. And the Lord was with them in the water and in the fire and in the like and da, 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 you know, right. Like that's a really strong rhetorical thing to do when you're speaking but doesn't translate very well into the written word. That's that's a little bit harder to do. So when I myself am writing a sermon, I'll kind of break what would be good written form in order to just write purely for the um, for the for the hearing, right? Because that's that's the primary space where that's going to be used. Yeah. I'm not. I'm certainly by no means a, like a John Piper. Like if you ever listen to John Piper. Uh, you could as might as well have just read him um, 
because he he manuscripts like his book writing is his preaching um and so if you you were to ever read a manuscript of his you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between a book he had written or a sermon he had preached it's a smart use of his intellectual energy absolutely sure. i mean and that's i mean that's who he that's how he's gifted yeah. right he he's he's you know dr piper you know like he's and he, that's how he does it yeah. you know but for me i just i'm 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 not I'm not smart enough to be an academic preacher or I'm not like, like, I don't think I could. So you are, it's just not how you choose. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's just not my, it's just not my, it's not my jam. Mm -hmm. So, but Piper also thinks you shouldn't tell jokes in her sermons. So Piper's a, brother in Christ. He's a brother in Christ. <laughs> I don't always agree with him either, but have benefited from him. So, so yeah, that's kind of, you know, I think there's a little bit of the question of like, I don't know, I guess like the, the other, the unanswered or the untouched question, I think you were, your original question was getting at is like, is there a num- numeric value behind like how many people would read or listen no. No? No. Okay. No. I, I I mean because there are you know, I have similar I have similar definitions of success. I think mine um have changed over the years. Um uh I wouldn't say that they're you know, I I don't want to say like from a patron, I don't want to say it so patronizingly. I don't want it to sound patronizing when I say that. You know, now like I've been preaching for eighteen, almost nineteen years now, right. um, and in that the span of that preaching, you know, you do a lot of writing, and you do a lot of reading, and your gift changes and the way that you preach changes and the way that you view preaching changes mm-hmm. and, um, and how you preach, everything changes. You yeah. know, you're, you're kind of in an evolution. Um, and uh, so I no, I don't think that I, there's not, not looking for a numeric number or anything like that because, you know, I, also like have a similar desire to write i think um i think actually that i am probably a better writer than i am a speaker Hmm. Uh, i think that it just works better for me i I feel like i'm a better writer than i am as better than i am a speaker um but the one of the big questions has always been would you write if no one read, read it? it. Mm-hmm. And I think you become a, you have the heart of a writer when the answer is yes. Yeah. I would write if no one read it because, because the reason I write is because there's something, God has planted something inside of me and this mm-hmm. is the way to get it out. Now, obviously, I think every writer wants to be read. Sure. You know. Yeah. Um, I want to be read. Yeah. As I write. Uh, but I don't think that success, no, is measured in any number of readers or listeners or mm-hmm. anything like that. I think that's actually a fairly poor definition of success because it stands kind of in the same place as everything else well okay so if you say that i have a goal of being a writer that sells ten thousand books what happens when you sell ten thousand books yeah are you done writing at that point right you know or do you understand the task of writing or the goal of writing to be something different than the Mm -hmm. numeric which was the root of my yeah. You know, further question about like, well, what does it mean to be a writer, a writer. worth mm-hmm. 
reading. Yeah, because so like I like because when you look at like like if you Google and you go and look at some of the stuff that like what does it take to be a New York Times bestseller? Like your church has to buy thousands of thousands books and of put them in the put them in the closet. Yeah, here yeah. I think like you. <laughs> You have to sell like upwards of five thousand dollars or five thousand copies in one day or something like that, which is a massive amount of books to move in a single day. Um, and like in order to do that, there has to be such a marketing machine behind you. Um, it's it's a little bit like, and and sometimes like this is this is the other thing too is that you have to be willing to write the book that will sell not the book that you maybe feel want to, want to write or want to read or feel like you ought to write. Um, and so you very quickly will, you know, you can chase the number, but is that what you want? Right. At the end of the day. And right. I don't think it's necessarily what I want. And besides the best advice I saw was like, if you want to sell a lot of books, like you should just be a good writer. Yeah. Like focus on that. And if that follows, then good for you. But right. you know, that kind of you need to write about things that you want to write about. Right. I, I can't. I can't tell you how difficult it is to preach about things I don't want to preach about. Yeah. Right. It's impossible. You really can't as a preacher. And so to you know imagine writing about something that you don't want to write about or something that you don't have passion for or not interested in or haven't experienced or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's a really just difficult trudging type of work. Yeah. At that point. You end up having to, you have to push through the resistance, mm -hmm. which might be your flesh or mm -hmm. might be our like, yeah, it might be any number of things. Yeah. So, but, so what then are your, what do you want to be a writer? How do you conceptualize? Is that how, is that one of the big things that you conceptualize as like a goal of success in no. your professional life? What? No, I, I don't. Um, I think that writing can be a tool mm -hmm. that is used to pursue how I feel about what success is. Um, because to use the funeral analogy again, mm -hmm. you know, there, I, I think it's, it's an important analogy and, um, simply because it does, I, I think it does get down to the root of what we want to be known for. Yeah. And, and that's really what you're talking about with success. What are you going to be known for? Yep. Right. And, um, there's really two places that I want to be known for or to be known. I want to be known in heaven and I want to be known in the lives, minds, hearts, and memories of my wife and my kids. Mm -hmm. And then by extension, my grandkids. Um, um, and I was thinking about this as I was, you know, beating the pavement of the treadmill this morning, how would I articulate, you know, like what I, what really is my truest heart desire for my ministry and my calling. And, you know, I would, I would say like first personally is, um, You know, he he made some Ryan Leak made some kind of reference to, you know, if someday your Thanksgiving table is empty, mm -hmm. um, you probably have not reached any um, worthwhile level of success. Yeah, you know. And I was thinking, like, how do I? How, how would I? How would I articulate what I feel in my soul mm -hmm. about? wanting to be a success in my personal life. And the only way that I really can feel like I want, like I could say it at this point, and it's, it's really young and fresh and probably it's not probably would change if I had some time to sit with it is 
Um, I success for me would be to be the greatest example of the character of Jesus that my kids and my wife have ever seen. Hmm. I remember growing, I remember not growing, I remember in college, we sat in a dorm room with a bunch of guys and we were like kind of asking the question, who is the person that in your life that is most like Jesus? Right. And I didn't have anyone. Hmm. And like, I don't really know. I was like, probably my grandma. Mm-hmm. But like, there was no one that was like, stood out, stood out. Yeah. That was like, yeah, like they encapsulate the life of like the life of Christ. Yeah. And I remember my roommate, one of the guys that I played soccer with was like my dad. Hmm. My dad. And um, I remember that very vividly. And I, some, it felt like something like clicked in me at that moment where yeah. I was like, if my son doesn't say that about me, I failed. Hmm. Yeah. You know, if my, if my daughters can't say about like their husbands, if you don't love my, if you don't love Jesus as much as my dad does. Mm hmm. If you're not as gentle, if you're not as kind, if you're not as compassionate and merciful and forgiving and loving, if you're not as strong, if you're not as protecting, if you're not as just, mm-hmm. then like got no time for you. Yeah. You know, and my son, mm-hmm. you know, like I want him to be able to look at me and say, my dad truly walked with the Lord and had the character of Christ. Yeah. Um, when I'm not in the room, you know, mm-hmm. you'll say that when I'm not in the room and mean it. Yeah. And then same thing with my wife, like my husband sacrificed himself for me and surrendered his own, his, the things that he wanted in life for me and loved me like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And treated me with gentleness and respect and leadership and compassion and strength and provision and all of all of those things. And um, and then, so like I think I feel like for me that is the like that's the if if I failed at every other thing. Mm-hmm. Like if I got those things, if I got that right, I don't know how I could see it as anything but success. Yeah. You know, because then we're, then the measure of who we are extends. We no longer then personally become the cap of our influence. Yep. Because it gets pushed down. A generational line mm-hmm. where my kids don't have to fight against the brokenness of their home yeah. in order to disciple their kids to Jesus mm-hmm. because it, it just flows out of them as a, just a, a natural thing because it flowed out with their dad and yeah. flowed into them and yeah. flowed into their kids. Yeah. Well, how many, how many people can we even sit here and think of who had all the other kind of measures of success we could think of, but then either posthumously or later in life, uh, their family rats them out Mm -hmm. as like, yeah, you think my dad's great, but you didn't see how much of a terror he was at home. And then all of a sudden, all of that success Doesn't doesn't mean anything because the people who knew him best Say that was a sham. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anything. Oh. Professionally speaking, I do have, I mean, I do have ambitions to be an excellent writer, mm-hmm. to be a pastor of pastors. Mm. 
Um, but similar to similar to my the personal is like I was searching for language for this earlier today, and I was like, how would I describe that? And within the context or within the reality that we as pastors are not responsible for people's salvation. Yep. Right? That the the Lord is the one that works yeah. salvation unto others. Right. Uh, and it is the Lord that saves. It is not us that saves. Right. As much as we joke, we can't drag them into heaven. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But we have a role. Yeah. Obviously, we have a role. Right. You know? And I... Um, I try and find the language for it. Success for me would be to have, to be known in the salvation timeline of a stadium full of people. Hmm. You know, so people come and go out of your life. Yeah as pastors, as friends, as whatever, you know, and there are people that maybe sat under my leadership or sat under my preaching as congregants of mine in past churches or even the church that I'm currently in who I'm no longer their pastor for one, for whatever reason. Yep. But maybe they came to know Christ. Um, in the ministry that I was leading mm-hmm. or responded to the Holy spirit mm-hmm. after I preached a particular sermon and the Lord moved on their heart and they responded in that moment. Yeah. Um, and, or, or maybe it was a, maybe it was a conversation that I have no, idea I had no idea was like impacted them. Right. Or something that I said or something that I did, I had no idea that it impacted them at all. Mm-hmm. And I never, and I never will know this side of heaven. Yeah, but that when I get to heaven, the Lord, in His grace, as a, I don't, I'm not, I'm not shy to say this, like as a reward, mm-hmm. will say, that's the stadium full of people that have you somewhere in their salvation timeline, mm-hmm. the history of like how they came to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, and to do that, you know, I, I think cause like each, each pastor is a little bit different. Right. Yeah. And so to say, okay, well, you know, if that's the measure of success, then, you know, what are the tools you're, you going to use to, to plunder hell mm-hmm. and populate heaven. Right. Right. And, you know, I, I would like to be a faithful, I would like to provide a faithful and authentic presence for people mm-hmm. where they can experience life change. Yep. Like hold the space, hold an authentic space for them. Yep. And be a presence for them mm-hmm. that, that makes that transformation possible. Yep. And in the midst of holding that space, I would like to pro oh, I, I, I take the word of God and I and I'm able to proclaim it and articulate it mm-hmm. in a way that draws people to faith in him. Yeah. You know, faith comes by hearing hearing the word of God. Mm-hmm. So um and I think that as I as I continue to like grow in ministry and in the trying to be a little bit more self-aware and um, understand my, like who I am and who I am not. Mm -hmm. Right. Like holding a place of like authentic presence and environment for people where they feel safe and heard and seen an environment where they can, easily respond to the proclamation of the gospel Mm -hmm. is I think one of the ways that God has primarily gifted me um, or just helped me to be 
to not screw it up every single time. You yeah. Know? Um, but I think also that there's part of that, that there, I get a sense that there will be a season in my life where, um, where writing is more, more central to my ministry than it is or should be right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like my ministry right now needs to be people centered. It's is centered around Jesus. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Min- it's centered around being the ministry of Jesus to other people. Right. Right. Yes. Not not providing information, encouragement, inspiration, exhortation, admonition or whatever teaching yeah. through my fingers. Right. Um, uh, that I think that will come. I also think that, like, I'm, I'm sure you feel this. I know you do. Is that writing feels like the scariest adventure through imposter syndrome that I ever would experience, even more than preaching for some reason. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't, and that that seems weird to me. Like, why would I feel like more of an imposter writing than I do preaching sometimes? I don't know, but you know, as a man who's trying to like be more like Jesus, mm-hmm. but a preacher of the word, right? A sinner. Um, but yeah the the thought of pre uh, thought of writing yeah fills me with such significant dread over like. Who in the world would believe a word that I have? Who am I? Right? <laughs> yeah. So, and that's part of the, I think the fear that keeps me from writing now. But I do think maybe that there will, I, I think that there will be a season in the future of my life in ministry. Maybe that season's next year, or maybe it's in retirement. I don't know. Where the Lord is like, okay, you actually have something to say now. Mm hmm. Right, like, like you, you've got something to say. You've been through it, man. Like you, you know. By God's grace, I'll finish well. Yeah. By God's grace, I'll finish well, and will, you know, I don't want to wait till retirement to to write. <laughs> I don't like. I want to write. I really do want to write right now. Mm-hmm. Um. But I don't feel like it's where my energy and is needed mm-hmm. most right now. Yeah. So, um, I'm eager to hear more. You know that that question. What does it mean? What What is success? Yes, is the first question in the first chapter that I'm guessing is going to be the foundation for a scaffolding of mm-hmm. how are we leveling up to that place? Yeah. You know, now, um, and, uh, so hopeful to be able to maybe put some more meat on those bones as we move through it. But yeah, I think it's an important question. It's not unlike other questions that are similar to it. Like sure. I mean, core values and what are you aiming at? You're aiming at and, what do you want people to say at your funeral and what do you want to be about and right. what's your mission in life and like all yep. of those things. It's the same question. Yep. It's just couched in a little different mm-hmm. language. Yep. So probably not dissimilar from questions that you've, you know, our listeners or viewers have thought about or been asked or that we've been thought about or been asked or whatever. Right. But it, it takes like, the thing is, is it's worth asking those questions again, because we are so, um, I am so easily distracted. Yeah. I, I will say yes to the thing that comes down the pipe without wondering, is this actually the thing that I'm supposed to say yes to? Mm-hmm. And and so sometimes we need a moment of clarity to stop and say, all right, what am I actually, where am my on course? I'm right. still going the direction I feel like I'm supposed to be going. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
Yeah. Hopefully, uh, our listeners, hopefully you've benefited from this conversation, able to like maybe do some own, your own reflection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd recommend, I'd recommend at least so far from what I've listened to, um, listen to not read. Uh, <laughs> I've read uh, by the way, <laughs> Ryan Leake's book leveling up. Uh, well, we're going to tag Ryan in this, uh, tag him in this video yep. or in this podcast episode. However, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, maybe we, maybe we can convince Ryan if he's listened to it this far to come and, um, be a guest on the podcast. Well, that would be amazing. Virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, Hey Ryan, we're just trying to, we're trying to chase failure here. Yep. Okay. So you tell us yes or no. Uh, come, come be a come be a guest in the podcast. We'd love to have you. Um, and as always, if you are listening or watching and you have questions that you feel like you'd like to hear us ramble on about for fifty one minutes and zero seven seconds, um, you can send those in to our texting line seven one six two zero one zero five zero seven can also comment anywhere that you're watching this please rate the podcast and wherever you're listening to it like it you know press the thumbs up button yeah share it if you can social media platforms yeah. whatever and then subscribe to wherever you're listening to so. yeah yeah if you give us as, as if you make a recommendation of a podcast to a friend and you choose to recommend us like that would be a high honor to us mm-hmm. if you did that Yes, we love that. So I think we've been sitting at the like high thirties subscriber mark. Yep. The measure of success for us this week is to get past forty. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, you know, have your moms and dads subscribe to us. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you next week. Yep. We'll see you then. Yeah.